Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six. Six. Six already. We're getting up there of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. We have Michael Indonesio, Tom Bradley, and me, Mark Clemente here. It's the week of March 7th. So when you're listening to this, we're talking about the news from the uh, week of March 7th. And there is a lot going down this week, starting with the quarterback carousel in the NFL, started with the Aaron Rodgers news that he's going back to Green Bay. Not so shocked there. Shocked at the contract. Well, Guys. They, they, didn't, they didn't actually say the terms. He said the terms were not what they really are. So, you know, uh, no, he's right. not taking, he's not going to take a Brady discount. No, that's not. I mean, we know that's right. not going to happen. I mean, if he's not the top paid quarterback next year, he's in the top two or three. Right. Fifty million. I mean, possible. Fifty million dollars a year. I mean, what's guaranteed? Do you, do do we know that? We yet? don't know any of the logistics yet. Did all the specifics. Wow. Tommy, your thoughts on the original Aaron. The original rumor was, or the thing that the football know it alls put out was two hundred million with one hundred and fifty three million guaranteed. guaranteed. That's right. Yeah. And Roger said. I haven't signed anything yet, yeah. which is kind of like, you know, his, you know. That's uh, typical his, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. His, his I was immunized. Yeah, his, <laughs> yeah he was immunized. He didn't, he didn't get a shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been crazy as predicted. I think as mm-hmm. we all predicted on mm-hmm. the show, the Steelers had were not part of this. I don't right. think ever They're really not were be, yeah. part of it. Uh, so it's interesting to see where the quarterback uh, rotation goes. I mean. Carson Wentz today got traded to Washington in a shocking trade. I don't uh, understand what the you know, commanders, we got to get used to saying that, the commanders were thinking there. I, I don't think he's an upgrade over Heineke, who they had. Yeah, it just shows you some organizations <laughs> just don't get it. And Washington is just the land of the head scratch. I mean, every year that's a head scratching decision. And not only, yeah. I mean, they took his full salary on. They took his full bonus on. Yeah, twenty-eight million. Yeah. They're gonna say. and they gave him and they gave him two draft picks for it too. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And then yesterday we had Russell Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers domino fall. So um, we're really sort of landing into the landscape. I think uh, really on a roster quarterback. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the last piece. Uh, that's going to get traded. Possibly Derek Carr, maybe. Yeah, you hear I, I his name. You don't Carr's know where, but uh, so I mean, we're now down to you know we're working our way towards the free agent quarterbacks, and the Steelers still don't have anything. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I, the, the the Russell Wilson deal yesterday that was, was that was shocking to me. I I, I thought it was shocking. I, I'm I'm thinking Seattle sees somebody in this draft with the ninth pick now that they have Denver's ninth pick that they like that right. that's going to replace Russell Wilson. And who looks like Russell Wilson? Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah. Uh, so you 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 gain draft capital, and you shed a ton of salary with mm-hmm. Wilson's Russell yeah. Wilson's deal. Uh, what a great move by Seattle. I mean, I listen. And Denver, Denver's been looking for that quarterback since Peyton Manning retired. You know, Drew right. Locke obviously didn't work out. Um, they have weapons on offense. They got a nice running game. They got a good offensive line. They got good receivers. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You still got San or San Diego, see? Right. Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Washington Commanders, with, San Diego with, Chargers. Yes. Yeah. Oakland Raiders. We're so old. Yeah, the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Um, you, you still got Justin Herbert mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes in that division. It's going to be tough for, for Denver to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they can't. I mean, Russell Wilson, has, mm-hmm. they, he's taken some mediocre Seattle teams to the playoffs. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but – from where I sit, the deal looks better for Seattle at this point. Tommy? 
Yeah, what I uh, some of the listening to some of the national guys talk yesterday, what I found was interesting is um, Deshaun Watson is the other quarterback right. that we you know that is sort sort of up there, but. It sounds to me like... That dude's like, radioactive. I mean, yeah, there's a lot I, to clear up there. Friday of this week, the uh, the attorneys are turning on, over the information to the grand jury. And from all the national guys that I heard say that this very well, that the legal side of this could be wrapped up by Friday. And I've heard that um, Seattle, with their draft assets, may turn around and pursue mm-hmm. uh, Watson with all the capital that they have mm-hmm. now. Um, so, you know, Jerry Dulac just announced very emphatically tonight that... Um, I guess the Steelers were linked a little bit to Deshaun Watson. He said unequivocally they are not interested. They are not going to trade for him. Um, So that's another guy. I don't think that they'll go after Jimmy G either. So, But, you know, getting back to the Russell Wilson thing, um, I I just – I respect Russell Wilson. I respect what he's done. Yes, he's taken some mediocre Mm -hmm. Seattle teams to the playoffs, but he's also done that when that division was mediocre. I still think, looking at it, I still think they're no better than the second best and maybe the third best team in that division. And even with Russell Wilson, I'll go on record right now mm-hmm. saying, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So you traded eight assets. Um, and I know Denver still has some draft picks left over from the Vaughn Miller trade. They still have three picks in the top mm-hmm. 100, even after making the trade. Are you but cutting Drew Locke as an asset? No. <laughs> oh. I mean, he was a first-round pick for them. You know, whatever you make of it, I mean, that's yeah. fine. But... I mean, that's a lot. Of, that's the kind of that's move a, you right. make when you know you're going to go to Super Bowl, or when. Well, that's a less need move. We've been talking about what the Rams did, and, right. the, and the Broncos are trying to do the right. same this thing. Is a it's a copycat. Cop- there it's it a is. copycat. Yeah. The difference is that the division that the Rams are in and the division that, that what the AFC West has become. Right. I mean, Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is. We forgot about him. Right, yeah. He is by far the fourth best quarterback right. in that division right, right. now. I mean, that's a loaded division. And, you know, one of those three teams, can one of those four really, can only win a division. And then, you know, you're getting into wild cards and stuff like that. You know, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, you know, injuries, you know, all that kind of stuff are, are always possible. But uh, that's a lot for Denver to give up for a quarterback. Again, I respect Russell Wilson. I don't think he's been great the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Seattle hasn't been great around him. Um, he's got some weapons there. I mean, he's, he's injury with history. Williams I mean, and the yeah. wide receivers that they have there. In fairness to Wilson, in fairness to Wilson, their offensive line in Seattle was a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was running for his life most times. I mean, so yeah, their offensive I, line rivaled the Steelers for it, one it of was, the worst it, in the it, league. It, it was the last couple of years, and yeah. a lot of that had to do with the salary he made. Seattle was mm-hmm. strapped for cash. This is what happens when you pay these quarterbacks this kind of money. You need them. It's it's like a double-edged sword. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. As soon as you make that deal and that money starts kicking in, then you can't afford to fill out your entire roster. And that's why drafting quarterbacks, you watch the draft, everybody's going to move up to take quarterbacks that we don't even necessarily, the three of us agree on this, we don't necessarily think any of these quarterbacks are going to be Hall of Famers, right? Franchise quarter, franchise I mean, I don't quarter. Think, but that's right. that's the premium of that position, and it, that that that's where the mm-hmm. quandary comes in. Green Bay just signed Rodgers, right? They got a ton of free agents. Right. You know, both of the Smith. They franchise Devonte, so that those two alone are going to take up a huge chunk of that, the cap. So where are they going to fill out the rest of the roster? Now their two pass rushers are both free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are they going to sign those guys? How are they going to fill those roles? I, I don't. And they still got to get another pass catcher on the opposite of Devonte Adams, which they haven't been able to do. And I think that's the problem. They haven't been able to get to the Super Bowl the last three or four years. So let's, uh, let's continue to talk free agency. Let's talk to quarterbacks. I know this has been 
beaten ad nauseum. But let's just let's play let's play a little fun little game here and, and try to predict how the quarterback free agents how that they will all fall. Uh, and Jimmy G, I agree with you, Tommy. I don't think he's better than Mason Rudolph. I don't. I don't think. And he's had the benefit. You talk about playing with a great team. That San Fran, when they made the Super Bowl, that San Francisco defense was unbelievable. And I think he was like a Trent Dilfer. Well, he going just back. had and, surgery. And right. He's sure, not yes. a free agent. Technically, right. you're going to have to trade for him. Now, you're not going to give listen, up a lot for it's him. It's going to be a fifth, sixth, seventh right. round, whatever that is. But you're Possibly not even, a third, it, maybe. They said he can't even start throwing for 16 weeks. Yeah. I mean, so let's take Jimmy G out yeah, of the equation. Yeah. So where do you go? Jameis Winston. I. I agree with you on this. He's, I feel he's going back to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best fit yep. for him. He's coming off an ACL. Yep. Um, he knows the offense there. He knows the personnel there. I think he's going to stay. Teddy Which, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Well, I, I think he could be a fit for the Steelers, possibly. Um, Seattle. He's, here's what Teddy How about Bridge- Indianapolis? Okay. Indianapolis here's what cracks me up about when we get to free agency, right? Mitch Trubisky, all of a sudden, there's, he can make $10 million a year. Giants are going to go after him, so you know they're going to bid him up. This is the same guy. Yeah, good record in, in Chicago, but they also had great defenses there when he was playing, and I think he benefited from that. So he, you know, people are building him up to something he's not. Teddy Bridgewater. Let's Teddy Bridge. There's a reason Denver didn't want him. We just got. There's a reason why they went after Russell Wilson. He can't. He's had the horrific injury, right? Took away his mobility. And he's just an average NFL quarterback. I don't know if that's an upgrade over what you already have in the room. Yeah, what I what I foresee happening is um, I think uh, the next domino will be Deshaun Watson. I think okay. whatever comes out of Deshaun Watson on Friday, if he's if the grand jury decides that they're not going to press charge and this becomes straight civil, I think Watson immediately goes into play. I think he could wind up in Seattle. Um, I think Car- Carolina was yeah. hot, was was hot after him. I think Carolina. Needs a quarterback, right. um, so I could see I could see Carolina, Seattle uh, potentially being in play. I think Jimmy G is going to wind up in Indianapolis. He's the kind of quarterback that Indianapolis likes. It's a Frank um, Wright kind of guy. Maybe. It's a Frank Wright kind of quarterback. He's a he's a you know if if Frank if Jimmy if Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback, the last two games last year they're in the playoffs and the Steelers aren't. Um, so I can see uh, I can see that move. I think Jimmy G winds up there. I think Watson, if he's acquitted, or if they it's not acquitted, right. he's not tried. But if he's, he's not indicted, if, there's, yeah. if he's not indicted, I can see him in Seattle or Carolina. Um, Washington took care of their quarterback today. So, I, and I think I agree with you guys that Jameson Winston, as a free agent, is going to go back to New Orleans. So now you're the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch Trubisky to the Giants. I saw that report. They have Daniel Jones who was the sixth overall okay. pick, and I, it wasn't Dayball, who's the new coach there. It wasn't his pick. And I believe right. they've replaced the GM since then, so yes. it's not their guy, right. quote unquote. Yeah. Yep. So, and Trubisky was just in Buffalo with uh, with Brian Dable, mm-hmm. so maybe that's a possibility there. But and those two have a lot in common. You know, aside from the fact they went to, they both went to ACC schools. They both were drafted way too high. Trubisky had one great year at North Carolina. Same with Daniel Jones at Duke. Right. These are both guys very similar backgrounds. They both can end up in with the Giants battling it out for who, who becomes the starter there. And I, I, I've said all along, when we started this podcast, you know, we started talking about where the Steelers were. I thought all along that this was not going to be the year where the mm-hmm. Steelers find their next quarterback. But the, the, 
the, the way that the dominoes are falling, let's just say, for example, if you follow my logic, mm-hmm. and let's say that Indianapolis winds up with Jimmy G, mm-hmm. and let's say Carolina winds up with Deshaun Watson, who was the favorite to get him along with Miami uh, before the season. And let's say New Orleans re-signs Jameson. All three of those things you know, right. are certainly possible, if not likely, mm-hmm. scenarios. Well, what happens when the draft comes? And, you know, when you go down the draft order, Carolina at six. Well, let's say they, they, they trade it. for Watson. They mm-hmm. filled that position. Denver at yeah, nine. Right. They're good. Was going to be was right. going to be uh, uh, in a play. spot yep. in play. Now that they Washington. have Russell Wilson, but that's Seattle's pick. So does Seattle yeah. look at nine potentially for a quarterback? But what at my at say yeah. again, maybe they wind up with Deshaun Watson or something like that. So. Um, 11 was Washington. They were guaranteed to take a quarterback. Well, now all of a sudden they have Carson Wentz. New Orleans re-signs Jamison Winston. Right. So if you're the Steelers and now you've got the Trubisky's out there who you're probably going to have to overpay to get, or you've got Mariota, or you've got Bridgewater, you've got free agents like that, but now you're looking at the draft and you go, okay, well maybe at 20, maybe there isn't even a quarterback off the board yet. Now you have Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett sitting there. And you still have all these holes. What do you do? What do you do? So, well, I'll answer that real quick. My opinion, based upon recent history and what they've done in the draft recently, they take a quarterback. There's no doubt. Look at last year. Obviously, they needed a running back. Everybody knew that. However, they also needed an offensive line last year. And you had... Well, the yep. difference though, last year when they needed a running back, and there wasn't an offensive lineman. I would argue at that. that spot that was there was some people that were right. projected maybe in the next five to seven spots, and I think that's what right. wound up happening. Yeah. Um, but you know, there was it's, it's. I think Najee was the clear pick at that point. But to me, what'll be crazy is you know I keep hearing about how much they like Malik, uh, Malik Willis, but. The, the Colbert and Tomlin's draft picks over the last few years has been very, very established in what they do. They pick guys from Power Five schools. They pick guys that are on the younger side, that are you know younger juniors mm-hmm. or things like that, uh, with a lot of experience. That's not Malik Willis. No. That's not what I mean. That's Pickett. You know, mm-hmm. Pickett. I don't think there's any quarterback that's got more experience than him. No. He comes from a Power He's... Five school, but do they like Pickett? Do they like picking enough to take that one? There conceivably could be, you know, the the center from Iowa, Tyler Lindemann. Lindemann. Yep. He's going to be available almost guaranteed from all the mocks I've seen. There's three or four guards that are going to be available. There might be a couple tackles that are available. Um, there, the nose tackles and the defensive linemen that we, we talked about from Georgia last week, there will still be a couple of them. There could be linebackers around. There's a lot of holes on the Steelers. So do you take a quarterback that you like, not love, because you're desperate? Or do you fill another hole and then see what next year brings? Right. You know, who knows what happens next year? Yeah, I think you're convincing me, Tom. I think this may not be the year the Steelers address the position. They wait until next year. They build a team around them. Go with Mason this year. See what happens. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Maybe Mason has a great year. Right? You build up the offensive line. You address the offensive line. You get him another wide receiver, which they desperately need. And I... Michael and I were talking about it this week. I'd love a, Garrett Wilson won't be there. He it's one of the guys Michael's going to be talking about this in a minute. I think he made himself a ton of money at the combine. Uh, but an Olave, a Derek London from USC. They love USC wide receivers. Um, they could go that route. 
And then, as you said, in the offseason next year, going into the 23 season, they address the quarterback position knowing they have a pretty damn good team around whoever they go with. Or, like I said, I mean, there's all this Mason Rudolph hate, which I don't understand. The dude seems okay. He's not like he's not a jerk. He's not like he's, he's been out there and done some of the stuff, quite honestly, that Big Ben did early in his career. Well, um, the, the difference between Big Ben and Mason is the limited time. Right. He Rudolph hasn't shown play, well. He hasn't shown well. I, but he really um, hasn't had an opportunity. I mean. No, he hasn't had an extended opportunity. So if, if this is the year, this is the make or break year. He either is going to be yeah. an NFL quarterback or he's not. Right. Um, and I think we all agree Dwayne Haskins, no no chance, right? No. I, 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 Tommy saying his head he's, over he's, here. I, don't I, I don't see it. I, I don't see the work ethic. I mean, and he's and been he criticized for right. The Steelers, you said that they don't take quarterbacks. Now, you're talking in the draft. I know they picked them right. up because Washington released them, right? Because he didn't know the playbook. He, yeah. he said that. I didn't know the playbook. <laughs> I don't know. And then they picked him up. And he was criticized last year for not putting the work in. Somebody, one veteran came. Anonymous veteran said he was on the sidelines messing around instead of putting the work in. I mean, that I, I, don't I don't think know. this guy has matured. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's ever going to mature. Yeah, I, I don't know how many chances are you going to give the guy. I, I, you can't bank on him being. If Mason falls on his face, this is your this is your guy. Or maybe you just say, okay, we bite the bolt for a year. You know, you you stock the defense and offensive line. I know it's not sexy. I know Steeler fans like to drink their Iron City with their helmets that the beers are in and watch the draft, and they want to see somebody with you know you want to see the, the skill dazzle. position. Yeah, you want to see, see the skill position. Yeah. But the game's won in the trenches. It's yeah. won on the offense and defensive line. So maybe you do you know you maybe you go in eight and nine or, or seven and ten next year, and then you're in a little bit better draft position with a better quarterback coming class coming in next year. Yeah, I, I I don't think Haskins is going to have a fair shot at it, but I think they're going to give him lip service and see what they got mm-hmm. with him. I think Tomlin sees a project in him that, you know, Tomlin mm-hmm. likes to, you know, try to prove that he's the mm-hmm. smartest guy in the room. So I think he sees something there. Um, but I, I don't think there's any doubt that there's going to be a third quarterback, whether it's a draft pick or whether it's one of these free agents that we're talking about. Um, I, there's going to be a third quarterback that's going to compete. Uh, in my opinion, for this job. But my saying all along has been, since we started this, is that this is an opportunity. They have money. They have some draft picks this year to be able to restock the farm, restock the trenches, restock the offensive and defensive line through free agency, through the draft, fill some of these holes. And then next year, you know, you depending on what free agents they lose, there might be another compensatory pick. Um, and then also the Flores, what we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, Flores becomes a head coach somewhere next year. They get two third-round picks. That's the kind of ammunition you mm-hmm. need to potentially move up uh, to get maybe a quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know the quarterback draft next year is is they've talked about is definitely deeper and and uh, more top-heavy. So there might be somebody there next year. So I think they can I think they can find the holes that they need this year with the capital, the money that they have. Spend the do the draft picks the right way, and you know another scenario. You go back to that twentieth pick. The Steelers don't do this, but man, if you're ever talking about a year where maybe you're getting a little bit of depth, if they get to twenty and a quarterback hasn't been drafted, maybe teams are calling up, right, saying, "Hey, we'll we'll take one of your. We want to jump in here," Um, because the key to the fifth year, which is another reason why I liked the Najee pick last year, when you're in a fifth, when you're in a, a first round pick, you get that five years to be able to keep them under your rookie deal. So when you mm-hmm. get a draft pick, 
in the first round, you keep them for that extra year. You know, running backs are historically good for about five years. So you have Najee for five years, and at the end of the five years, if he's beat up, you release him. But, but for teams coming up, you know, they want that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield okay. this year, mm-hmm. he's in his fifth year. So the fact that he was drafted in the first round, Cleveland can take that extra year without having to pay him that mega deal to see, do we really mm-hmm. want to do this? Um, I don't think the Steelers will draft down, but, you know, this would be a year where all the holes they hill, uh, have the holes to fill move down a few spots and get us maybe a second or third round pick, man. You could you could right. talk me into that in a minute. So let's talk a little bit about free agency because the next time we have one of our shows, free agency, we're going to have news. There's no question. So let's play Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin for a second. Free agency starts next week. The deals are going to start happening now. We, we hear about them every year. This person agrees to terms with this team. It'll be announced at the start of the new uh, football season, which is next Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday March 16th. Seattle, speaking of Seattle, we've talked a lot about Seattle here. Seattle released Bobby Wagner today. He is older, but he's coming off a 170-tackle season. That's one guy, I think, that would fit very well in with the Steelers. They obviously have a need at middle linebacker. I don't think they bring Schobert back for the money he's going to make. I think he's an easy cut and easy save. And you go, Bobby, I saw that today and immediately thought, this is the perfect guy for the Steelers' defense to help plug some holes. So let's talk about, we, we've mentioned the holes that they have, offensive, defensive line, linebacker. They have no corners going into next year. Uh, they, are they going to re-sign uh, Edmonds, who was a huge reach in the first round four years ago? Um, what do you guys, what do you think? I think the, the Steelers need to, to get more depth, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you know, I, I came over to your house watching games this year, and we, Tom mentioned it in, in a previous episode. You, you see a, a backup in, and you're like, who the hell is this, this guy? guy? Yeah. I've never seen this guy in Derek my life. Tuska. Yeah, that's when, when you're – I mean, you're that thin. Right. So they need to add that. Bobby Wagner, he's going to be pricey. Um, i seen that the Arizona – They have Cardinals, the money. There's no excuse this year. For the first time, the Steelers have money to spend. i seen the Arizona Cardinals just release Jordan Hicks. Right. Starting linebacker. Yeah. Might come at a little cheaper rate than Bobby Wagner, and he's a little bit younger than Bobby Wagner. Um, They're obviously going to have to address the defensive backfield at some point. Obviously, Joe Hayden's not coming back next year. No, it's pretty evident now. Uh, So, you know, if they don't do it through free agency, they're going to have to do it in the draft. And I think they could. We'll we'll be talking about the draft, especially Mm -hmm. the the um, the defensive backs. This is a deep draft as far as defensive backs go, and there's a lot of fast, fast. Uh, defensive backs out there, so they're going to have to address that one way or the other. But free agency, I think, I think they should go linebacker. But you know, Tom's, what's your thoughts? Well, uh, as far as the Steelers go, was especially with drafted defensive backs. I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I mean, they pick defensive backs like you know, uh, I pick football games in a, in a bet in the at the casino. I mean, it's not very good. So. Um, what I'd like to see the Steelers do, I, first, of, first and foremost, no matter what they do, they need to sign some kind of offensive lineman that's going to be a stud that can be the, the leader of that group. You know, it's fine to draft offensive linemen, but they are so young. At the, there is nobody in that room. And, and not just in the, on the offensive line, but if you look at the offense in general, you know, they have lost Pouncey. They've lost mm-hmm. DeCastro. They lost Roethlisberger. 
Um, they've lost all the leadership and the voices in that on that side of the uh, on that side so of the ball. ball. Mm-hmm. So if they could get a Ryan Jensen from Tampa Bay to be their center. You're not. I don't think he's going to be pricey. I, I would go with his partner right next to him, a guard, Kappa. Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa. But I mean, I, I think for what the Steelers need, I really would like to see them get a center because the center controls, yeah. makes the calls, can control the line, can get the line set. You know, I, I think that Kendrick Green is probably better suited to be a guard. I mean, last not, year was oh, not good. Yeah, not good. I know he's working out with Pouncey, but. I mean, I really think you asked a lot of him. I'd like to see them get a center that can anchor the line. Um, How about Brian Allen from the Super Bowl champions? Yeah, I mean, there are there are some there are some definitely offensive mm-hmm. linemen available out there. If they can't get him, then a guard or tackle is fine. But I'd like to see them. If I had a checklist for them, I'd like to get them a, a, an offensive lineman that could be a leader, an inside linebacker. Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hicks kid out of Arizona is the one I was talking about. I like him. Um, they need an inside linebacker that can sort of take Devin Bush by the ears and mm-hmm. just smack him upside his head and say, "Listen, this is how you're. This is how you're a professional. This is how you're an inside linebacker, and this is how you play the game." Someone that can take a little of the pressure off him, can take the green dot, can make the mm-hmm. play calls because that didn't go well with with uh, Bush last year with that either. So uh, somebody like a Bobby Wagner would be great. Last for for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. Show the way, and then I really think they need to sign a corner, whether it's Hayden or Weatherspoon of their own, or a free agent, because they just don't draft cornerbacks. I think, I think they need two. Yeah, I think and they then, need to resign one of those two and somebody else. Yeah, I really think that that's where they. If if I had a shopping list, offensive lineman, inside linebacker, corner, uh, and safety, because I think you can get a safety for mm-hmm. a reasonable price. I know I've seen them talk. They. Uh, Jordan Whitehead from Pitt and also from Tampa Bay, your two favorites football <laughs> programs. Um, I've seen him. You know, they talked about. I think Sportrack had him as about six million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could do, if you had a shopping list, that's what I'd go: offensive line, linebacker, corner, safety, defensive line. You want to draft because mm-hmm. you have established veteran, older right. defensive linemen. We talked about that last week, where you need to get younger there, and then everything else, wide receiver. Um, anything else like that, you can draft. But those are the positions I think they really need to sign. And they have the money. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the cap money to be able to go out and pick at the front of the line instead of waiting right. two or three weeks to see what falls through the cracks. That's a lofty uh, wish list, Tom. But like they that. have the money. Like They have the money to execute on it. it it's, this is not like past years. As Steeler fans, we're conditioned to the Steelers are up against the cap. They're not going to do anything. They're going to bring in middling guys. That can fit in under the cap. They and, don't have that. And the other thing is that those positions that we're talking about, you're not talking about signing a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a franchise running back, a franchise wide receiver. You're talking about guys that are, you know, Jensen, an offensive lineman, is going to be in a $15 million range. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wagner or somebody like him ten. might be right. 10. The safety I mentioned, you know, they're projected to make six to eight. Cornerback, there's so many, right. so it's hard right. to get a gauge, but. I mean, you could do all that, you know. I, you know, I make this sound real easy. Right. You could do that for about forty million, right? And, which they could get to very and, easily. You release Schobert, yeah, and they're right and they're, there, and they're saying that they they can easily get to about seventy-five or eighty million dollar in cap room. And that's plenty of money to do right. that kind of stuff, and then still sign some depth pieces and things like that. All right, so let's continue on that discussion. And one of the areas we mentioned is is defensive secondary. No doubt, the Steelers need help. Our guy Michael has been. Diligently following the combine, he's got it. He has his notes here in front of him. 
Yeah, he watched. He, he recorded it. He watched it back. He watched tape. I, I He's our own version of, of Todd McShay here. I, I realize this is probably one. one of the reasons I'm the only single guy at this table is that I sit and watch the entire uh, NFL Combine on, on tape. <laughs> Tell me, I don't think our wives would be too happy. Well, that's no. that's why yeah. I'm single. But um, yeah. when you're talking about defensive backs, I know that at the top of the class they had Daryl or Daryl Stingley, Derek Stingley Jr. He didn't work out. He had We're a, showing our age again. You're saying yes. his old man's name. He. Um, he had a Liz Frake injury and had foot surgery, so he didn't work out at the combine. He was rated as the top defensive back coming into the draft. He might slide down some boards, and I don't know if he'll slide all the way till 20, but he could slide down some boards. Um, I was super intrigued over the, over Sunday, and I almost called Tom because I, I, defensive back Tom, he's a mm -hmm. huge Deion Sanders mm -hmm. fan. I got to tell you, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. <laughs> this guy is classic. He was the only dude that showed up at the combine. I swear to God, every day at the combine, he came in a suit. Everybody else was wearing the hoodie with the, had the defensive back and their number on it, pair of sweatpants, headphones. This cat walked into the combine <laughs> with a three-piece suit on, and he had a giant gold chain that had sauce on it. Now you gotta love a guy like that. <laughs> I mean, that's right up. That's swagger, right baby. There. My favorite Dion story, all two of them, for when his draft day was, the Giants called him to interview him, and Dion said, where, where do you pick? And the Giants said, I, we, we're the 10th pick. He goes, I ain't going to last that long. I don't know how to talk to you. I hung up the phone. And the second one was Green Bay was interested in him, and he said, if, if you draft me, I'm going to ask for so much money, you're going to have to put me on layaway. So <laughs> there's – that's a high That's bar. It's a you. high bar for Sauce to get to, <laughs> and to be able to talk like Dion did and still play the game and do everything that he did was what made him so fabulous. So those are my two Dion stories. <laughs> but th th this kid reminds me a little bit of Dion. Now, it, listen, you can't put him in Dion's right, no, category, yeah. but he he has that swagger. Mm -hmm. The kid is tall and rangy, 6'3", 190 pounds. This kid made himself some money on Sunday. He ran a four four one forty. Um, and, and this kid, the, the problem he has is if you watch some of the tape, he's raw. He's, he's raw because he doesn't. He can use his athletic ability to just play defensive back. Once this kid learns the technique of playing cornerback in this league, he's going to be a really, really good one. Uh, it, 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 the one thing that he does well is he causes clutter in space. What I mean, we're 50-50 balls. You're not throwing him his way because of his size. Mm -hmm. The, the offensive receiver, no matter how good he is, the chances of him coming down with that ball aren't real good. So teams stay away from him. He played four years at Cincinnati, and I know they don't play in a Power 5 conference. He didn't give up a single touchdown in four years. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. good. Yeah. So that's where the cockiness comes right. in. I love that kid. Um, there's also Andrew Booth from Clemson. Um, he didn't run real there's well. There's quite the drop-off, though. Would you, would you yes. agree? I've read that. There's, there's Stingley, at, and, Stingley and our man and, Sauce. and then Yeah, after, after Stingley and Sauce – you got Booth. You got Trent Mc, uh, McDuffie. McDuffie. I'm from, not a fan of Washington. His. I, 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 Listen, he ran a four four four. Um, there wasn't anything slow. He looked like his. They were saying on air that his hips look a little tight, yeah. changing direction. Um, the guy that intrigues me is Roger McCreary from Auburn. He played in the SEC against top wide receivers. You're talking about Arkansas right. has that mm -hmm. uh, Traylon Edwards. Yep. Um, he played against Traylon Burks. Bar okay. yeah, you're thinking once again we're yeah. showing our age, Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards, yeah, yeah. and that's a completely different guy. <laughs> yeah. um, he played against top talent every week. 
Um, McCrory didn't run real fast, but he's mm-hmm. he's rangy. Six, they list him a little over six foot. Um, and then it, it, that's it for the corners in the first, first. round. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, there's a drop off, but there's a ton of corners later in the draft that are pro- projects. Now, the Steelers, if they're looking to make the playoffs, probably don't right. want projects. But you and I, Mark, talked about this. Tariq Woolen. Yes, he I'm went a fan to of Texas it. San Antonio. He ran a four two six forty. I don't know if you know how fast that is, but that's really that's friggin' fast. And he has a 42-inch vertical leap. So he jumps like Jaw Moran, and he runs like Ben Johnson. Now, whether he can cover anybody, I don't know, because I don't know what kind of right. talent they're playing against. But this cat was moving. And I actually rewound that, and I was just like, an incredible this, did this yeah. cat just run a 4-2-6? So there, there's a guy, uh, uh, McCollum from uh, Sam Houston just State. Sick. He ran a 4-3-3. Uh, and then the kid from Baylor, who doesn't look like he covers real well, I watched a little tape on him, but he ran a four-two-three. So there's some fast guys in this draft. Well, and I'm glad you said that because you got to temper all that with the tape. Right. You, know, you, you, you look at you want to make sure they have closing speed, but there's mm-hmm. a whole lot that goes into playing the, the position of defensive back. Once we get out of the corners, and Mark's probably right. going to have a massive coronary here in about two seconds, but. Safety. The, the safety, forget about Kyle Hamilton. I mean, if we're he's talking long, Steelers, he's top five. He's, he's top five. Yeah. He didn't run a great 40, but everything else he yeah. did, and he watched the tape. Every, and everything you see on tape, it's, I mean, the tape doesn't. He's the next great safety in the yes, league. There's no the, doubt. The tape doesn't lie. I saw one of the mock drafts today actually project him at two now to Detroit. The, I saw, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a typical Detroit move, but I mean, that would be a safety <laughs> at two is. Dan Campbell I mean, won't let that happen. The legend of Matt Millen in Detroit. Yeah, yeah I mean, but that's that's where this kid is. I mean, that's for yeah. safety yeah. to yeah. be going that He's, high, and your last name's not Lott or Palomalu. Right. I mean, that's that's really shows you where this guy is. Yeah, Hamilton 6'3", 220. Right. I mean, covers sideline to sideline. He's smart. He's a good tackler. Once we get past him, there's no more first-round right. safeties. He, he, he is the, he's he's the, the cream of the crop. Nick Cross from Maryland. Mark, don't shake your head at me. Give me a second. Yeah. And Jaquan Brisker I don't Brisker want to hear any State. Maryland dudes. So I gave you a Maryland Brisker's guy. a local kid. I'm rooting for him. I'd love to see Brisker. He's a gateway kid. Brisker, as far as defensive backs, he's strong. Mm-hmm. He's a good tackler. He can cover. He ran pretty well, 4-4-9. He's a bigger guy. But Nick Cross ran a 4-3-40. He has a 37-inch vertical, and he is a thumper. When I watch the tape, and listen, you could shake your head all you no want. No more Terrapins on so the Steelers. So, are you saying Terrapins no. because you don't like Tomlin, or are you saying just Well, because? enough. I mean, he, look at how many Maryland dudes he's taken over the past. Where, where are they? Now, I, I cross- McFarland, Antoine Brooks. Um, what's his name? Uh, Sean Davis. I mean, the list goes on and on. Enough of the Dino Tomlin-Maryland connection if, to Pittsburgh. If you put Cross next to Mika, yeah. you've got a great tandem there because – Mika likes to play center field, right. mm-hmm. and this kid likes to thump people. I mean, th- this guy could be a bouncer. I mean, this kid can really, really hit, and he can fly, man. Four, three, four as a safety, he can cover tight ends, and today's tight ends are all hybrid tight Listen. ends, and he can cover Listen. backs out of the, he can no cover Maryland field. dudes. I'm just first of all, but tell me what I see. His Maryland guys are usually offensive guys because that's that's where his kid played. But uh, but to to that was the question I was going to ask you is that you know. They gambled on Terrell Edmonds. They didn't pick up his fifth year. Right. He had a pretty good year. It still sounds like there's a possibility he could come back for the right price. But safety now 
is a is a Jordan Whitehead is a big is a big hole. And even if they sign Whitehead, they still don't have anybody else. So is there you know Minka Minka wants to play the free safety role. He wants to just roam and, mm-hmm. and do his thing. The other guy's got to be a, a you know play yep. between him and the linebackers. Come up, play defense, be able to cover tight ends, be able to cover. Uh, you know, potentially out of the backfield, things like that. But he's got to be able to tackle. So this the next kid, guy's got to be able to do this that. This kid can cover slot receivers. And you asked me to right. watch. Yeah. And you asked me to watch tape. This is what I'm telling you. I'm bringing you the I'm information. I'm not doubting. Back. I'm not doubting okay, the information. I'm just, I'm I trust saying, you. If I would you're saying, if I would have said, I don't want to, to Clemson, see any more Maryland. Well, if he went to Clemson, would I, he be okay? Absolutely, without a doubt. I'm done with the Maryland Steeler pipeline because his kid went there. Antoine Brooks, dude. What? Anthony McFarland. What? I'm telling you what Davis. I'm saying. I mean, I, I get he, what you're he's saying. He's throwing solids to Maryland left and right. No more. So for the defensive backs, um, the Steelers obviously had Mike Hilton play the slot for a long time. Yep. Was able to blitz. Is there a corner or two that is, I mean, a pure slot corner is not a high pick. That's usually third round, right. second round, because it's a specific need. It's a specific way of playing it. Is there any of these quarterbacks in this draft that could be a third or fourth round, maybe slot corner, that could be somebody that could come in and play for the Steelers? Uh, Barnes from Baylor. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I heard he was projected as a second or third rounder. I mean, like I said, this kid ran a 4-2-3. He ran the fastest 40 in the last, I don't know, 30 years right. of the, the combine. But he's a project. So as a Mike Hilton corner, was too. I mean, Mike Hilton was. Now this kid has athletic ability. He could be some of these smaller school guys like Woolen and McCollum could be in the third or fourth round um, just because of their athletic ability. But they went to smaller schools. Mm-hmm. The, the teams they played against weren't top competition. So the learning curve is going to be a little bit higher for those guys. But, yeah, though they, they can get – this is a deep draft, especially at the defensive back position. I mean, I just watched guy after guy run under four or five, every single one of them. It's just, I mean, the speed was just off the charts. All right, so that was a lot of football talk. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Tommy, you want to say something here before we move on? One thing just to wrap up the NFL yep. that we didn't talk about that was news before all the craziness went on was Calvin Ridley, the oh, wide right. receiver. Um, you know, the Sorry. wide receiver who wasn't smart enough to get a burner phone to place his $1,500 <laughs> bet. I mean, I have friends who have a burner phone to place their bets so that their wives don't know how much they bet. I'm not sure how the $11 million a year NFL wide receiver didn't come mm-hmm. up with it. I am not. I don't want to get so much into talking about how stupid he is for getting caught about doing this. But what do we think about the NFL? The punishment? They're in. Well, they're in bed. All of these proteins with, now right. are in bed with gambling sites. They yeah, all right. promote it. They all talk about it. Every game you watch. Uh, well, they make a ton of money off it. Let's uh, be. I mean, yeah. I mean, tons. so so a year for for betting on your team. Now he wasn't playing. He was on a personal right. leave, so he wasn't physically in the game. But the punishment they say is because he bet on the Falcons, and he's obviously a, was a current Atlanta Falcon. But when you look at a year for that and some of the suspensions that the NFL has handed out for domestic abuse, for drugs, for for things like that, that, you know, have been very black and white issues that they gave a couple games, three games, four games to suspend. Now, and let's not forget, Goodell said uh, indefinitely, and it was implied that it was a minimum of a year. Listen, the one thing you can't mess with when it comes to the shield and we've talked about this. The NFL is the best for, for many reasons. 
But one is they know how to protect the shield. They know how to protect the logo. And when you do something that jeopardizes the integrity of that game, I think that's why it's such a stiff penalty. Everything you mentioned, serious stuff, and I'm not discounting any of that. But we, you got to think the way the NFL thinks, and it's all about that shield and what that means in terms of the money. And so when, if Calvin Ridley's going out there and, and by betting on his own team, that's, you know, Pete Rose, why same thing there. It's the integrity of the game. And to them, nothing's more important to that. My question is, and I was thinking about it, Calvin Ridley bet $1,500. <laughs> He's going to lose how <laughs> like, much? Like, to us, that's like five bucks. Right. Like, so how much were you making off that bet? Like, when you get the NFL handbook, and I've never seen the handbook right. that they hand them at the, right. the, the rookie orientation. orientation. Yep. But I'm pretty sure on the front page it says, don't effing bet right. on football ever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the first page. So, I, I you know... I, I, do I, I understand. totally get what you're saying. Yeah, Tom, so Tom, I don't disagree, Tom is right. That's, yeah, you it, know, the NFL, it, it, you know, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're like, yeah, we love betting, but they but you again, do, yeah, the, I mean, the players cannot bet. Because it's the integrity have, of the game. That's what it boils yes, down they, to. They have more knowledge of what's going on than the average better, and that gives them an advantage, whether he was in the building or wasn't right. in the building. I mean, he's going to have to – uh, he's going to have to get reinstated at some point. $1,500 bets. Fifteen. I, I never seen – well, the only person I know is Craig that could lose $11 million on a $1,500 bet. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. But the crazy part about it was that I also thought got kind of underreported, it was actually the gambling site that ratted on Ridley. They actually <laughs> called I the NFL. Know that. Yeah, they called the NFL and said, hey, we know this is, this is something that we want to bring to your attention. So they sort of self-reported from the way I understand it to the NFL and said, hey, you have one of your players that bet on their own team, you know, you know, made them aware of this. That's how this – That's, how that's this probably, thing. you know what, because the NFL deals with all the – you know, I can't – I'm not a big better myself. But I'm sure in the deal, in the sponsorship deal, it's written in there. The NFL, once again, to protect themselves and protect the shield, that these guys have to do that. You have to – if an NFL player bets on an NFL game, I guarantee that's in the contract. So much like in the manual that it gives to the players right. on page one, right? When the NFL signed the deal with the with the gambling right. sites on page one, it said, "Let us know yes. if any of these millionaire athletes place a bet from their own phone <laughs> using their own card. Can you let us know if that happens?" And they all went, I guarantee yeah, it. "Yeah, sure, that guarantee." Comes, it. Yeah, if that comes across. Yep. we'll let you know, and then boom. Well, maybe Ridley thought that there was a minimum you could bet. Like, if you figured, oh, 1500 they're not going to know. Right. Yeah. It's going to fly under the radar, I, it's, baby. It's going to fly under the right. radar. But, yeah, he got he got what he deserved. I mean, he, he got to take his medicine. I yeah. don't know how he thought he was going to get away with that. And, you know, I mean, it, it These guys, you just shake your head. Yeah. They have the world. And they make stupid decisions. Well, the good news for him is if it was on DraftKings, I think 250 of that you get back if you didn't win. So he's, gonna, so he's getting a little bit of money back. So that's good news for, for Calvin. So you can look for that 250 in your account because you have nothing to do for the next year, unfortunately. But Make again, that 250 last, buddy. I hate, to, I hate to make light of this, but it's just so silly. It is. That in this day and age that an NFL player is doing this kind of stuff, but – to get back to my original point, you know, it just seems hypocritical of the NFL 
for to suspend somebody for a year for doing this, and then some of the other things. A lot of what things, they do is you know? hypocritical. Yeah, and that's you're right though. When it comes to the shield yep. and checking the integrity, that's it. You can't jeopardize at, they're that. They're good at locking that down. For yep, sure. for sure. Tommy, thank you for for bringing that one up. Good way to end the the NFL segment for this week. And before we move on to the NHL, and I can't wait to hear what Tommy has to say because he came in and he's all fired up about the Penguins and so I can't I can't wait for that. But first, let's take a minute. Uh, and, and let's talk about our two sponsors for the podcast. Tommy, as always, what's happening in the community? Community beverage. Well, as I say, as a proud Irishman, we're getting ready for uh, the usual St. Oh, Patrick's to. Day with the snow, yeah. as we have to have, it seems like, every year. And also St. Patrick's Day itself next week on the 17th. Always, uh, not that us Irish need an extra reason to uh, have a <laughs> tip of Guinness back, but we have all your uh, St. Patrick's Day needs. Plenty of Irish beer, plenty of Guinness, Harps, Middicks. Stop down and uh, pick something out. And also, I know you, Mark, have a big uh, St. Patrick's Day yeah, see, coming up. Speaking as well, of St. Patty's Day, we have Happy Nick Patty's Day. Uh, my man, Nick Patty, uh, Pitt's quarterback. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm going on record. He's going to be the starter next year. We'll talk more about that in subsequent podcasts. But Nick uh, will be here next Saturday, the 19th, here at Brushes and Beans. Uh, he was here for Valentine's Day with his girlfriend, uh, Sierra, uh, who's wonderful. Uh, and he's going to be coming back for St. Patty's Day, hanging out, signing autographs, taking pictures. Uh, and one thing I'll say about Nick, and, and, and I've been called out on message boards for this. Yes, I'm close to Nick. He's a great kid. Uh, so if you come out, I guarantee you're going to enjoy the time you spend with Nick. Uh, he's real down to earth. He's humble. Uh, so come on out, have a cup of coffee, have a latte, whatever you want, a muffin. Um, that's an inside joke with Tommy and I. Um and just have a good time with Nick. And we're going to have uh, Elias Corey, uh, who's a phenomenal uh, singer-songwriter. He opened up for Gary Clark Jr. here at Stage AE. So it's going to be a hell of a night here next Saturday. Uh, Mark, we're also, next week, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to try to get uh, an uh, interview, interview with, with Nick. Interview with Nick, yeah. Yeah, we're going to try to sit Nick down, down. 10 or 15 yep. minutes, and then uh, we're going to play that on the following, upcoming, week. Yep. the following podcast next week. So we're looking forward to it this Saturday. I hope everybody can come out and visit. Yeah, visit our website, make a reservation. It sells out. The Valentine's Day sold out uh, well in advance. So make sure uh, you, you get out there this week and, and, and reserve your space. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what's happening here at Brushes and Beans. So, Tommy, <laughs> Penguins, <laughs> I can't wait. Go. Well... I mean, so we're since la- since our last podcast, we they uh, they had they played Tampa, which was a great performance, phenomenal, best phenomenal. best game of the year. Um, and then the next night, they played a good period against Carolina, and then uh, not so good the last two. and wound up costing themselves the game where Latang lost his mind in right. overtime to wrap that game up. And then they just got done playing uh, Florida last night, uh, with this was this being Wednesday. Um, they played Florida last night, and I, and I thought other than nine seconds, they really got outplayed in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got thoroughly outplayed. I thought first period was was awful. Um, they couldn't. St- Florida speed was really noticeable in that game. Well, and that's in the, the first period. And that's the thing with the Penguins right now is is my frustration is twofold. One, not, the first part is a frustration. The first part as a fan is the reality of where the logo stands right now. And um, from even though they played great against Tampa. When you look at Tampa, when you look at Carolina, and you look at Florida, at least two of those three most likely they'd have to get through to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Those three teams are bigger, they're faster, they're deeper, and they're younger than what the Penguins are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 
depending on how things go, Florida and Tampa are going to beat each other up, so you're probably going to only have to play one of them. But you sure as hell are going to have to play Carolina to get to them. And listen, the Rangers. And the Rangers. Yeah. I think, you know, matchup-wise, you know, this is going to be part of my rant that I get my frustration about this whole thing is the Penguins are in the playoffs. And, and their seating is almost locked in. I mean, it, it, there's a really good chance that they're going to play the Rangers in the first round. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good chance that they're going to play Carolina in the second round. And there's a good chance that they're going to play Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay or Florida in the third round. So you know what's coming. And I can tell you as a lifelong fan, and again, as I'm looking at the logo, this I'm not a cheerleader here. I'm looking at the logo and the reality of it is Carolina, Tampa, and Florida are better teams than the Penguins. They just are. They don't have the superstar power necessarily that Crosby and Malkin, especially with the way Crosby playing right now. Um, but they're better, deeper, younger, faster teams. They just are. And the Penguins have got to start looking at what are we going to do to counter this. And this is where my frustration comes in with where they are. And my number one frustration right now is Mike Sullivan. I respect Mike Sullivan for the job he's done. Mm-hmm. I respect the fact that he's widely regarded as a great head coach. But what I start to see with Sullivan right now is a lot of what the downfall of Dan Bowles was. Now, Sullivan, you know, Dan Bowles, the sun hasn't risen on a day where Dan Bowles was anywhere near the coach that Mike Sullivan is. So I don't want to say that they're that they're similar because Mike Sullivan's a better coach. But the downfall of Bowles was it was Dan, Dan Bowles was determined to be right on his own and what he said as opposed to being right to what's best for the hockey team. And I feel like that's where we're trending with Sullivan. The Penguins have gotten to a point right now. Phenomenal point. Keep the, going. The this Penguins is great. have gotten to the point right now where Sullivan is determined mm-hmm. that the 12 players that are dressing every night are the right 12 guys. There's nobody else that can fix it. And if I just keep putting those 12 forwards out there and those six defensemen out there, the, 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 the <clears> things are going to get better. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is they're not. The team is stale as much as I don't like Mark Madden for a lot of the things he says and does. Mm-hmm. Most of the time on hockey, he's right, and he's you know he's written, and it's been in the article, it's been in the uh, trip a couple times. The Penguins are a stale team, mm-hmm. and you can tell that by the way they start games. They come out flat. They come out uninspired. They get smacked around a little bit, then they start to chase. They play good for a little while. Sometimes they mm-hmm. catch, you know, the rabbit. Sometimes they don't. But this is a team in need of a shakeup, and right now their coach is just. The coach won't even play in some one of the other 12 players. You know, for example, last night, Brian Boyle gets scratched last night. Now, Brian Boyle was not Bobby Orr in his prime. He's not Gordie Howe in his prime. Brian Boyle is what he is. But, you know, there's a there's a depth chart of those 12 guys that have to be there. So Brian Boyle's back. We can't look outside the box. We can't scratch, you know, Dominic Simone, who I've, you know, said needed to be moved up earlier because of different things that yep. we went into. Dominic Simone has two goals all year. Aston Reese has one, one goal, goal all year. Kapanen has two goals in his last 25 games. Rodriguez has two goals in his last 25 games. So that's four guys with six goals over the parts of the last two months. Well, Brian Boyle has six goals this year. I mean, he's a guy that is he's a guy that is one cups. He's a guy that is 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 a reason is a is a valuable forward and this boom we cut him because this is the way it has to be well see this is what i don't understand and his sully completely lost his way because he won the cup when he brought up rust gensel and kuhnhockle they injected those young fresh legs into that lineup and they were a completely different team why is he refusing to do that now you have o'connor who 
who represented himself very well early in the season. Zahorna, uh, Pustinen. Why is it? Why? Why? Why, why is he putting these guys in the lineup? Ask, Zach Aston Reese has one Mine more goal right. than Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Michael doesn't know if the puck's blown up or stuffed. If Zach Aston Reese was in here painting right now, he wouldn't know who he is. Right, right. But this guy's—it's it, just—it's written in—it's written yeah. in permanent marker that this guy gets to play every game. You know, Dominic Simone again, who I had talked about, and, and I still own the fact that if you're going to play these twelve guys, then put him up with Sid right. only because Sid is the only other guy that <laughs> Sid will play with on his whole freaking roster. And we have to cook. We have right. to make sure that Sid's happy. So you know, Simone doesn't have to play. Captain doesn't have to play. Um, right. for What's that it part, take to be scratched? For that Where's the accountability? For that matter, Jeff Carter doesn't have to be playing He's every been, game. I, that's the other one. He, look, big Jeff Carter. He played great when he when the Penguins acquired him last year. He's been awful. Watch him play. He has been awful the and, past 15 years. And I think Jeff Carter... Again, he's a veteran. I think he's just sort of buying his time a little bit. I think he's going to be when right. he knows when he has to put out his full energy. Um, there's no reason for these guys to be playing every game. You're in the playoffs. Drew O'Connor was hurt. He's been playing in the, He's been playing back in Wilkesbury to get his legs. By all accounts, he has his legs. He should be up here today, yes. getting ready to play. Zahorna should be up here playing. Right. Bjorkfist right. could be in and out of the lineup. There are no reason to not be playing some of these guys to see if they if they if they sink or swim. If they're no good, then at least you've answered that. But you, they put themselves in a position now where if they want to contend for a cup, they need at least one and probably two right wingers because Kapanen and Rodriguez, you know, have just absolutely bottomed out. And I keep hearing how desperate they are that Rodriguez has got to find his game. Rodriguez has found, found his, his game. This is who he is. His right. the back of his hockey card says he has sucked for right. four years. He had one good stretch in December when that we got it. hot. That's it. Mm-hmm. And thank God, thank the lucky stars that general that GMJR wasn't the head coach or wasn't right. the general manager because that hot stretch Rodriguez would have been signed for right. four years and four million dollars just like he did with with Pedersen and Marino, and we'd be stuck with him forever. Rodriguez is what he is. He's a journeyman. He had a hot stretch, but he's not the answer. So they have two, They have, in my opinion, they have more than that, but the way that Sullivan coaches, right now you can write this in ink. The, when the Penguins start game one of the playoffs, the Crosby line is going to stay intact. It's going to be Malkin and Zucker on a wing. It's going to be Carter and Heinen on the third line, and the fourth line's written in, in beyond ink, whatever. Right, whatever. We have Bluger, whatever Aston Reese, and McGinn. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're auditioning for two wingers. Mm-hmm. So give some of these kids a chance, and maybe don't you don't understand. have to go out and trade your first-round pick if you can find something. Or give away, make a deal you don't want to make if you can find something internally. Chances are the answers aren't internally. But why the hell are you not trying to find out when these games are, are borderline exhibition mm-hmm. games? Because you're in the playoffs. You're going right. to make the playoffs. Where your seating is, and hell, even home ice I'm not all that excited right. for because they've become a very average Home ice team. Bob Grove said last night, and I couldn't believe it on the, uh, during the game last night. I saw on Twitter, the Penguins have not had the lead going into the third period in their last 12 home games. Think about that. That's crazy. I, yeah. The last time that happened was 2003. I mean, that's an unbelievable stat. So, let me throw something at you. This hit me last night when I was watching the game. And I have nothing against him. He's been a great Penguin. But it goes back. We talked about the hockey trades last week. Right? And Hextall's on the clock, and he needs to make a hockey trade because they don't have the salary cap room, which is going to be the topic of my rant here in a second. 
He's going to – so why not trade Chris Letang? Well, Get something for him. He's going to leave. Well, I'll tell you right now, one thing that had me – had my blood boiling is I heard a couple Penguin writers uh, or, or come up, people uh, say that, you know, there is – you don't trade people like Chris Letang. Why? Well, first of all, I've been around long enough to know that this organization traded Paul Coffey. Right. And the same way that the sun never rose on a day where Bilesman was anywhere near the coach mm-hmm. Sullivan is – well, the same thing goes for Crystal Tang and Paul Coffey. Right. Paul, Paul Coffey, Crystal Tang's been a good Penguin. I appreciate everything he's done. He is nowhere near what Paul Coffey is, and they traded him at the deadline, and they won a cup. So stop with the with that. The, you, you can't trade somebody like Crystal Tang in a hockey deal. The question is, Latang's going to be a free, free agent. agent. Right. I don't know. So, that, I don't know that there's a hockey deal to be made there. But if you could trade it, you could trade Latang to a team. And you got a defenseman back that was that maybe had some term, you know. Somebody mm-hmm. again, I, I'm just thinking out loud. Some teams like you know uh, Dallas or or somebody in the west on the western side, even Vancouver, right? That was on the fringe of the playoffs that maybe wanted to try to get Latang and then mm-hmm. you know get them you know signed. Right. They're still trying to get in. See, I'm thinking Vancouver. Yeah, and that's a you know. The, I mean, GMJR hasn't met a trade he's never liked. So I think you throw Latang's name his way, you could maybe get. A, a Brock, well, you'd have you know, J.T. Miller. You'd have to get another defenseman of 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 Latang's <laughs> caliber or somebody like that because the way the defense is set up, they have Latang and Dumlin right. who are legit top pair, and then Pedersen, Marino, Matheson, Ruido, and Friedman are all five and six defensemen. They have no third and fourth right. defenseman on this team. They have a bunch of they're you know like the Pirates. The Pirates never have an ace. They have a bunch of four and fifth star pitchers on their team. Well, that's what the Penguins have had, thanks to GMJR and his great right. signings. You know, Patterson and Marino and Matheson were all overpaid. dramatically overpaid. overpaid to be what they are and where they are. So that's the problem that they have is a lot of their salary cap is tied up in average defensemen. They all do the same thing. They're all can skate, but they're not overly offensive. None of them not are over, high. None of them are, are, are aggressive. aggressive. They can't clear the none front of, of the them net. Are physical. I mean, Matheson, or I'm sorry, Pedersen. Ryan Reeves hit him last week against <laughs> Saturday. There should be in the end zone of the of the arena. There should be a Wiley Coyote cutout of Pedersen on the boards where he got absolutely thrown through them by Reeves. I've yeah. never seen a defenseman take hits like Marcus Pedersen. Yeah, and right. he just lets himself out there to just get. I mean, like I said, Wiley Cody's had better days than he has sometimes. But, I mean, that's the problem with this defense. They're just vanilla, all of them, except for Latang. You know, they can all skate. They all have a little bit of offensive pedigree. They can all make the first pass. None of them are physical. None of them, except for Matheson and Latang, can really skate great. And, you know, they're just really in a jam right now of what they do. So, not being a hockey guy, if there is a quote-unquote hockey trade to be made, with the trade deadline being so late this year because supposedly they're supposed to go to the Olympics. I know in other sports, it takes a while for that new player to get acclimated to like, how much would a, would a trade really help at this point? I, I mean, I don't know the difference between the sports, but I know in basketball, it takes a little bit of time to get used to your teammates. There's a chemistry to work thing in going. the system. And right. I'm just, I'm curious to know if there's a trade, if there's a hockey trade to be made, do you think it, it'll salvage the season for them? Yeah, I mean, there's enough games afterwards that uh, that they should be able to learn. You know, it's in in hockey. You know, most experts will tell you that all teams play the same system or a very similar system. It's just the intricacies of what that team right. does. 
Um, defensemen, it, it seems like Sullivan's with Sullivan's system, defensemen take a little bit longer than wingers mm-hmm. to be able to figure out the system and things like that. But I think there's enough time that if if they made it, especially they're not under the pressure of trying to make the playoffs. You know, they've got they've got time to be able to. Um, you know, they're not going to come in and have a have a gun to their head trying to we've got to right. win these games and things like that. There's going to be some lead time and things like that. But yeah. That's the problem. That's why a lot of general managers in hockey, and, and and Jim Rutherford is one of them, he likes to make his deal ahead right, of the right. deadline so you get a little bit more return mm-hmm. on your – because it is. It's only um, – I forget what – I'm not sure what this year is, but there's usually only about 12 to 15 games. I think that's exactly that, – that 15 games, yeah, I think, before after the, the trade before deadline. the playoffs start. So, you know, the problem – I'm just really disappointed in Sullivan that he has just turned into so stubborn that – you know, we play again, and even the even the way that the system plays. You know, why in God's green earth every time do I look is Mark Friedman behind the right. net in the offensive zone? Oh, what the hell are we doing here? You know, it's one thing for for somebody like Latang to be a free wheeler, but not everybody has to be a free wheeler. Why is there have to be one way of playing? There is twelve forwards, six defensemen, and this is the system. Mm-hmm. Why is he even out there? Why are you even out there to coach? What decisions are you making if we're just going to rubber stamp this every week? And you know, I, I'm sorry. It, it just is beyond frustrating when you, you're you're a coach and you just don't try anything. Well, these are this is you, the players just have to play better. But what if they're not better? What if they just can't? What if they're just not good enough to play in this system? You've got to try something else. And then you have again. I hate to keep saying it, but when you're a relatively knock on wood, I don't even want to say the word. But when everybody's in the lineup and playing right, yes. right now, mm-hmm. um, this is the opportunities that the Penguins have had a problem with where guys aren't missing or guys aren't hurt. All Crosby and Malkin are playing at the top of their games right now. This is the time where you, you're only going to have so many more of these chances. You've got yeah. to cash in your chips, and you can't miss opportunities like this. And they've wasted the last four years by losing in the first round. And this team right now, as it stands right now, if nothing else changes between now and the deadline, and the way and they're and, getting bounced the in the year, first round, they're absolutely headed towards another first yeah. round exit. And then, if that's the case, everything's yeah. on the table. You know, why would you re-sign Malkin? Why would you re-sign Latang, Russ, yeah. yep. Sullivan, even as a coach in hockey? I don't yeah. care what you did for me five years that's ago. Right. If you go, if you lose five series in a row, you're, you're yeah. The pressure's on. I mean, I, I think from a financial perspective for the organization, they, they, there's an expect they have to. Get past the first round this yeah. year. They need that revenue. But they won't with if, where they're going. No, I agree. So something needs to change. And if Sullivan doesn't want to do it, then Hextall or Burke, and this is not Hextall's MO, which we talked about last right. week. Again, I'm still not sure they hired the right general manager for where they're going. But maybe this is where Brian Burke steps in because he's more of the riverboat mm-hmm. gambler than Hextall is. Um, he's the bad cop. Hextall's the good cop when it comes to trying to balance his stuff all out. Maybe he needs to step in. But, I mean, there are trades to be made out there, and they're up against the cap, but the cap is just like any other cap. There's ways around it. There's things you can do. Um, there are teams out there like Seattle was just put out today. Ronnie Francis, the general manager, former of this parish, said that he's open to take salary cap trades. You know, they've got cap room out mm-hmm. there. They're trying to acquire assets. Um, uh, Josh Owey, the great uh, writer, Penguin writer for The Athletic, said that um, – you know, there are deals, you know, maybe for a cap and in where they just mm-hmm. trade them for a draft pick to free up the salary cap. Um, there's there's hockey. If they want to get a player, they can do the they things they need out. to right. do to make it work. 
Um, but they got to have the willingness to go do it. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Right. But we're two weeks out, and we'll see where we're at next week. We'll have a better idea of, of where that. we are. So love the rant. Great points. Thank you, Tommy. And that's going to do it for our content. So let's move over to our uh, rants of the week. Who wants to get us started? Michael, you want to get us rolling here? Sure. Since I haven't right. said much, apparently yeah. Tom's not happy <laughs> with Sullivan. Um, we've, we've come to that conclusion. Uh, Tom triggered something last week when he went on his end of the podcast rant when he was talking about women's hockey. And um, I want to talk about the NCAA tournament, right? And I was thinking about the tournament coming up. And if nobody's seen her play, you need to check out some YouTube videos on her. Caitlin Clark from Iowa. And the reason I'm bringing it up now, because I remember, I think it was 2010, 11, there was a guy that played at BYU, Jimmer Fredette. Mm -hmm. He was a phenomenal scorer, right? He went into the NCAA tournament, they went to the Sweet 16, he scored over 30 points in every game. If you haven't seen Caitlin Clark play basketball, she's the closest thing to a female basketball player I've ever seen is Steph Curry. She's Mm -hmm. that good. Uh, she she has range all over the place. So I know the the men's basketball tournament's starting, but if you're you're looking for pure basketball, you got to check out Caitlin Clark from Iowa. She's averaging 28 points a game. Wow. She averages eight rebounds and almost eight assists a game. So she's the complete package. So if you're you're looking, and I have a daughter that plays basketball. Tom has two daughters at home. It, it's it's. She's something to watch, and I, I've been watching video on her the last couple of weeks. And when Tom brought up the the the, uh, the U.S. women's hockey team last week, I'm like, you know what? I got to look into this girl more because I keep hearing about her. I seen some video. I showed you some Mark about mm-hmm. a month ago, and I watched about a half hour worth of her tape, and she's just phenomenal. So if you get a chance, YouTube video, Caitlin Clark, you guys are going to be blown away. Well, mine would be just to touch on, we didn't touch about Major League Baseball because there's nothing to talk about. And as we were recording this, I just see that Major League Baseball owners just announced that they canceled another week of games. Um, So this is the first two weeks of the season that are gone. And I know Major League Baseball owners specifically could care less what my opinion is, but this negotiation has just proven to me once and for all that Major League Baseball, to me, as a 48-year-old adult, who has plenty of money to be able to spend on your game, will not be spending a dime on it. Your game is ruined. The things that you're arguing about in this lockout are so stupid and have absolutely no benefit to make the game any better. You're fighting over international drafts and minimums for players and things like that. It's an absolute joke. So Major League Baseball, I can promise you, you have sewn up the fact that, again, I'm probably not your target audience, but I'm 48 years old. I'm going to be on this earth for at least another 10 minutes to 20 years, 25 years. I can promise you, you've lost my money. I'll spend my money on the leagues to care about their fans, have a cap system in place, make it a fair and balanced system for everybody in the league to be able to do it. So while you're over there fighting about international drafts and minimum salaries and trying to make sure you screw minor league players as much as you can, I'll be spending my hard-earned money on the NHL, on NFL, and on teams that actually leagues that actually care about their fans and about the product that they put out there. No matter how many billions you make from Apple, you ain't getting any of my money, boys. Beautiful, both of you, nice. Uh, and, and so, speaking of spending our hard-earned, hard-earned money, we used to spend our money on pit basketball games. 
And I wasn't going to do my rant on this, but I had to because it's just boiling. It's boiling. You both know how much I love Pitt. I bleed blue and gold. I love Pitt. I love Pitt football. I love Pitt basketball. This is a joke. This is an absolute joke what Jeff Capel has done to this program. He had the balls to come out and say yesterday after that atrocity against Boston College that he feels the program is significantly better than when he, he joined. What? What is he smoking? Because I want some of it. I mean, he's so this guy, and it's. I think that just epitomizes where he is, what he thinks, and how out of touch he is. I've heard the $15 million buyout. I'm on the message boards. I hear it all the time. Twitter, oh, there's no way Pitt's going to – listen, if she wants the money, she can get the money to send him on his way. There's with no doubt in my mind. There are a ton of wealthy Pitt alum that would be more than happy to ante up, pay the money, and get his ass out of here. And that's what it's come to. At a bare minimum, that his whole staff needs to be fired. And if he doesn't do that, then hopefully she has the cause she needs – to negotiate a buyout and get his ass out of town. Because I'm sorry, Jeff, I don't know what team you're watching, what program you're talking about. We are no better now than where we were when Ke- when Stallings left this program. We're just not. There's zero recruits coming in next year. He's going to have to hit the transfer portal. There's no guarantee he's going to get anybody with any impact in the transfer portal. The only person he's brought in that's made any impact is Mo this year, Mo Gee. Uh, you know, Horton a little bit. Um, it's been more Raphael Mayas and, 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 and dudes of that nature than anybody that comes in and makes any impact. So you can't expect he's going to have the portal going to get any better. He has continued, he has done nothing, I should say, to bring Pitt back from the depths that Stallings left it. It's, we're right where we left it. That's my rant for the week. I had to go there. I, just, I, I, I had other ideas where I was going to go, but I had to go there. Guys, anything else before we say goodbye for this week? Uh, Anything? I think we've covered it all for this week. I think we have. It's going to be an interesting week. By the time we come back, uh, the Penguins will have played three more important games. Uh, will be yep. Monday of next week. Starts, free agency, baby. Starts the free agent whispering where you can not you can talk to people, but you can't right. sign people. Um, and then uh, you know we'll be, I think, five days away from the NHL sure. trade deadline. So uh, it's going to be an interesting week between now and the time that we uh, reconvene. So I think we'll have plenty to talk about next week. All right, everybody, that'll do it. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Keep comments coming. I know a lot of you have been talking to Michael and providing feedback. Brian, I got a bone pick with you. I'll get you next week. Um, but anyway, signing off, uh, ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Take care.